Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. I'm Chava. I am a compulsive overeater, undereater, perjurer. Um, yeah, that covers it. Um, <clears throat> hi. Hi, Tala. Hi. I'm waving, but I don't have a camera. In, I don't have a webcam, so you can't see me. I'm a compulsive overeater. I, I destroy myself with food and can't stop destroying myself, no matter I'm saying this in the present tense, though, um, because of this program, I haven't had to binge, purge, or starve for over 25 years, and uh, I meant to look it up this morning, and I forgot. I, and I, but I'm saying it in the present tense, like, I do these things, um, because that's still true. Uh, Without my daily reprieve, from um, a compulsive and horrible disease, um, I do those things. And um, I'm in OA because I can't stop on my own. So the statistics are that I used to be um, 100 pounds more than I weigh now, and I starved myself down to under a hundred, you know, at a an adult height. I think I was an adult height by the time I was 19 or 18. And um, I was desperate to control my eating, and I did, I did all the, I mean, I dieted, I um, I I would eat I I I dieted and I and that didn't help I uh, the anorexia was trying not to eat at all and of course I had you know I starved myself down to a, a certain weight on. 500 calories a day and then when I hit that weight I'd reward myself with foods I didn't know that I couldn't eat like one piece of a sugary dessert so uh, I'm pausing because I'm feeling anxious and so I have to uh, calm down and get get a thought back in my head if I so I can't eat uh, just one piece of a sugary dessert, no matter how no matter how much I want to. I can, I've tried the willpower. Um, I've you know fear did not keep me out of the food. I was afraid. Um, I was told that I could get diabetes and was given a food plan, but I couldn't follow it. And so I, 
I switched because I was eating sugar out of the bowl and I switched from my solution was to switch from white sugar to brown sugar, thinking it was more wholesome somehow. And that's the best that I could do. So I, what else can I say about being powerless? So I got into OA really, <laughs> I was going to say against my will. I got into OA reluctantly. I had a year sober from um, my drinking addiction. And I realized that if I didn't get sober, if I didn't uh, also abstain from my food obsession, I mean, my food addiction that I would be, I couldn't stop. I, I would go back to my alcohol because I couldn't, you know, confine my insanity to one area of my life. My insanity is that, you know, like, like a higher power, it's not confined to one thing just as a higher power is. And so that might not be clear, but maybe I'll get back to it. So I went to OA, as I said, I just was so reluctant to do it. And, and uh, I didn't really take it seriously because I'm a heroin addict. And I saw, I just thought like, well, a jar of my favorite binge food would not, is not anything like serious as heroin, obviously. Um, so that's one aspect of my disease that tells me lies and I believe them. And I, um, I've done this a lot and I still get scared. <laughs> I, um, so, I got abstinent, but because I didn't take it seriously, um, I lost my abstinence. And fortunately, I was able to get it back. I think I still came to meetings, as I recall. And, and then I realized that if, you know, that if, if food was illegal and my favorite binge food cost $500 a jar, then I would sell my body for that, for, for, for that food, um, just like I did for heroin. And that I thought of it as there are different rooms in hell. There's the drug room, there's the alcohol room, there's the compulsive food, <laughs> there's the food room, but that they were all rooms in hell and that um, I really could decide that I didn't want to live in hell and, and see if there was some other way to live. So that's my motivation. Um, and I, you know, I also got to see really clearly that this, uh, it, there's um, the mental disease, which is why I'm telling my story today, because uh, there's the physical addiction that I, I understand that there's that want, if there's, I can't eat certain foods, for example, really sugary things, sugar, 
sugar desserts. I can't, I can't have that or I'll have, or I won't be able to stop having them. I will steal them. I stolen food. I, um, a lot. <laughs> uh, it came up in my inventory. <laughs> um, so, um, I lost my way again. I mean, in the share, just to, I have to pause. I have a dissociative, um, I have a problem with dissociation because of trauma. And so I, I lose my way. So um, pardon me. Um, so I started taking it seriously. I understood, um, I started understanding that even when I have no more physical cravings, because I, I don't have, you know, I don't have sugar in my system now for over 25 years. Um, and, but I, but I still have the mental part of this disease, which tells me that I'm okay and is very creative in its uh, lying and will come up with new lies. And that it's very easy for me not to be here. And I was eating breakfast today and there was like just a little grain of salt on the table and I put it, you know, put it on my finger and put it in my mouth. And it's not that that's a break in abstinence, but it, but it was like, oh, okay, it's just a reminder that if something's there, I'm, I tr I'm trying, I think it'd be a good idea if I don't eat off the table in general, but just the, the, the compulsiveness, which, my, which with the automaticness, which my, you know, the, my hand goes to food, food goes into mouth. Um, 10 more minutes, Hava. Thank you. So I, uh, so this program, I don't know if we have newcomers, I can't remember, but the program, we talk about a higher power and in the steps talk about God. I have trouble with that word because it's often hard for me to feel that that particular word is something that's loving. But, you know, I did have the idea that many people have been able to abstain from addiction because of these steps and so maybe it'd be worth my while to try because I didn't have any other answers particularly and I didn't want to die and so I started working the steps you know and I have to keep asking myself who is who is this higher power and in the second step where it says came to believe I um, um, we pause now for Hava to get her brain back. Let's see her thought back. Oh, it came to believe. I, I believe, I mean, it's pretty obvious to me in my life that there's a higher power and it's been a process of uncovering what my beliefs are about this higher power, such as that I am not worthy of, of, of the love that is available. 
Um, you know, and sometimes I, I can't, whether we believe in a deity or not is not, uh, you know, e either way we can uh, abstain using the steps. And um, the steps, it turns out, are what I have to do rather than overeat. And they're my alternative. And I have a fellowship of people who are trying the same thing. So sometimes I could just say like, well, I don't know who or what this higher power is, but I'm going to choose to call my higher power freedom, or I'm going to choose to call my higher power truth, justice, and love, because those are things that I would like a higher power to be. And um, those are things I, I desire with all, all of my heart. And so... I am willing to put my life in the care of that. And it turns out that when I put my life in the care of, some, you know, uh, whatever entity it is that is the source of creativity and is the source of love and is the source of real connection between me and people and me and the world, um, that is the source of a solution to my eating problem and to all the other problems and that I rem if I when I remember to um, that I can turn to this higher power with all my problems and the experience over and over and over again is that things go better <laughs> with the higher power um, and that I, I learn how to live in a different way you know and it just if it's just a matter of trying it really you know and okay i remember an early example is i needed to go to the dmv and nobody loves to go to the dmv as far as i know i kept putting it off until i couldn't put it out off anymore and i just said okay whoever you are higher power i need to go to the dmv and uh just i'm gonna give this to you because this is beyond my ability to cope with and i really had a good time at the dmv that that time believe it or not and um and the picture um the picture they took of me really turned out well which was rare uh, so um so that was that was a, an example of uh turning stuff over turning prop my my problems over to a higher power and and really I you know I, it's for me step three of turning my will life and will over to a care of higher power as I understand that power which changes I like it to be female even though it might not have gender <laughs> just because I can relate to that and and my Sponsors reminded me that um, prayer is, is, for, is for us. You know, God doesn't need to be flattered or, uh, you know, God doesn't need to have us direct what, the, what we want. So the inventories, the fourth step of looking at my shortcomings um, you know, that's such a scary step. And then fifth, step five is scarier, <laughs> but, um, 
five more minutes. Thank you very much. But I've survived and um, I've, I've learned things such as, such as my, a lot of my anger is based in fear. And um, also that I have harmed people and that I'm learning how to understand how and when I do harm um, without, without thinking that I'm, a, I'm just an awful person. Because, um, you know, when I, before I got into recovery, I did harm people. I, I just, I stole from people's homes so that I could feed my addiction. I, um, I had a pimp who I, who I killed and got I got locked up. And so I, I had to acknowledge that I hadn't been I hadn't just hadn't known how to live at all. And the more I, the more I know I'm programmed, the more I see that, that, you know, I don't really have a clue about human relationships. I'm just better than I used to be. I'm just practicing not being selfish, you know, practicing that there are other human beings in the world who have their own stories and their own needs. And that it's a really wonderful thing to connect in that way, with to connect deeply with people in ways that I never did or never wanted because I didn't understand that that's what I needed. And um, food is a poor substitute. And I'm still a compulsive eater who sometimes feels sad when a meal is over because I don't get to chew anymore. I have food in my mouth. Um, so yeah, steps four and five were scary. Steps eight and nine or steps nine was scarier to actually go to people. And it was very nice to be able to do, do what I can and um, and and leave it knowing that I'm a loving person even um, one of the one I made amends to that pimp by writing him a letter because even though he was dead, I still had the feeling that I wanted to kill him, which is a really good illustration to me for me that revenge does not give me peace of mind. But writing him a letter um, with understanding um, and, and understanding that he, he was also a sick person. I mean, there's an important prayer in the step four about that other people are, you know, people who harmed us are perhaps spiritually sick, like us. And it's become a bit of a habit sometimes now in my mind that as soon as I, as soon as I think of being pissed, as soon as I think someone pisses me off, kind of automatically my mind will go, and have you ever acted like this? Um, yeah, I have. So that's, that's kind of sinking in, this habit of mind. Um, and, you know, and it's useful. I cross the street, car almost hits me because he's turning a corner too fast. I jump out of the way. 
I'm really irate. As the further I walk, the more irate I get. I do a quick inventory and I, I see that instead of being relieved that I have, you know, good reflexes and the ability to jump and that I did get out of the way, um, I feel my pride is injured. Like, you know, like how could he do this to me? Um, like it's personal. So I pray and I meditate. It's uh, so crucial to me. It gives me some peace. And, and, and it gives me even the, the peace. I meant to talk more about the peace of even when not knowing, you know, because everything over and over in my life, people I have loved, you know, like spouses have died. Um, I've had children die and I ate over all this so I couldn't feel about it. And abstinence is, you know, once more with feeling and do, you know, going through it with feeling and um, the peace that I get from a higher power and I don't experience that I have all the time for sure. I have a lot of problems with anxiety because of um, trauma and um, but I do have a knowing that even when I don't know how things will work out, like we're all living with a whole bunch of uncertainty lately, um, I get I get some peace. I get some peace of mind, and and that's from a higher power. And I used to think, well, that's really stupid. I mean, obviously you should worry. It's, there's like worry, worrying. There's a lot to worry about, but it do doesn't do any good. And you know, my ability to uh, meditate helps me to be able to just keep coming back to the present. Wrapping uh, up. Where I'm safe. Thank you very much. And. Um, and trying to be of service because that's actually what you know the 12 steps lead to step 12 which is being of service trying to carry the carry you know the the principles of of kindness and um treating people fairly and being of service because uh, these are these are the th things that can uh, feel better than uh better than food thanks